you made it to level two, deeper questions leading to deeper answers. I'm Tomas Garza, and I'm here to help you decide to transform. I'll be setting the pace for the process to support your unfolding. Learn and commit to a practice that brings simplicity and an awareness of what is ready to be released. Join me now and allow the experience of a deeper sense of love. Hello and welcome to Decide to Transform. I'm your host, Tomas Garza, and happy, happy holiday season to all of you. And I hope that everybody is having a great day wherever you are. And thank you once again for tuning in to all of the recent episodes where we've had some fantastic guests from around the world. Now, today is no exception. Joining me from Ontario today is Sylvia Plester-Silk. And I'll tell you a little bit about Sylvia here. This is a show that's going to be very in-depth and is going to contain a lot of stories of personal transformation. I'm really looking forward to this. So, my guest Sylvia is an intuitive counselor who integrates traditional therapy with Akashic readings and energy work to help individuals transform to a life that is fully on purpose. Way back in ancient history, in 1998, she graduated from the social work program at Ryerson University. While working for multiple community agencies, she has assisted thousands of individuals through addictions, mental health, and trauma to finding their way. While she was powerful in this work, her results became exponential when she added energy therapies to her work. In the mid-1990s, Sylvia brought energy work into the hospital she worked in and into mental health agencies to assist individuals to heal with ease. Since 2004, she has been working independently with individuals, groups, and more recently, since 2010, organizations. During the fall of 2019, she embarked on a life-changing trip to Machu Picchu, where she gained many life lessons and insights that have brought her back to her roots. It is with much pleasure, confidence, and clarity that she is now introducing on-purpose transformations, the place where professional women can discover and embrace their life purpose so that they feel fully alive and fulfilled in life. Sylvia lives in Guelph, Ontario, Canada, with her husband and her dog, Josie. Sylvia, welcome to Decide to Transform. Welcome. It's great to be here. This is fun. And there's so much here that I want to ask you. But uh, starting off here, you have integrated energy therapies and energetic healing modalities with a more traditional social work practice. And you brought energy work into your practice in the mid 1990s. So the question that occurs to me to start off with is how did you find all of this? How did this transition start for you? It started when I was co-leading a, a group in an addiction inpatient treatment and um, I had a headache that night and I don't normally get headaches, mm. but that particular evening I had a headache and I mentioned it to my co-facilitator who had just taken this weird stuff called therapeutic touch. And I thought, this is nonsense. It's a bunch of hogwash, but I guess I was a little bit um, 
patronizing and thought, well, I'll just let her do her thing and, and it'll all be fine and she'll feel better and it, it won't make any difference to my headache, but right. I'll just let her do it because, you know. And so she started to work on me and within 30 seconds, my headache felt like it flew out of the top of my head. Hmm. And I went, oh my goodness, hmm. there's something to this weird stuff. All right. And within two weeks, I had enrolled in my thirst therapeutic touch um, class. Okay. Yeah. Well, th this is interesting that you were skeptical at, at first, as, as I think some people are. So describe in more detail, if you could, the experience of your headache flying out of your head. What was that like? Um, so I guess the best analogy would be as if you had a, um, a toupee that was on the top of your head and a wind came by and just lifted it right off and it uh, flew off in the wind. Okay. Well, I've it never was, had that experience, but uh, yeah. <laughs> so, I know. Yeah. And this was all in a psychiatric hospital. So I was oh. feeling a little crazy at the time, mm. but it was like, it's gone. It was okay. history. It was, it was a life altering moment for certain. Okay. And that started the, the entire journey so, you know, what, uh, what had you heard about energy therapy? Because it's such a big part of, of your practice in life now. Um, you know, what was, was your opinion before this experience one of skepticism or, or did you know about these modalities? I don't even think I was skeptic. I was just a complete non-believer in thinking mm. like there's nothing more than the physical body. And I think part of that was because as a kid, my dad used to tell ghost stories and he'd do it late at night and scare the bejesus out of us. Okay. And I think I, I just kind of closed down and went, I don't want any, like none of this stuff is going to exist for me and I'm going to be safe. So I kind of shut myself down from all my intuition and all that stuff mm. until that moment in May of 1995. Okay. So how would you describe your life post May 1995 versus pre? So I would say that all of a sudden I became open mm. and I had this voracious appetite to learn more. I couldn't get enough of this thing called energy. What? Mm -hmm. And, um, and I, so I went from one course to the next course, to the next course, to the next course. And um, so I became a therapeutic touch practitioner. That wasn't enough. I, I wanted to learn more. So I took thought field therapy. That wasn't enough. I took emotional freedom technique when it first came out. That wasn't enough. I took regression therapy. I did all of this different stuff. And I, I just, it, like I became so entrenched with it because it felt so right in my soul. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And then, then what does it start to look like then? Because you, you went on to integrate this into your practices. Now, did you encounter from colleagues and peers the same sort of skepticism that you once harbored? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Tell <laughs> us about fact, that. Even from management, like I remember one time negotiating that we could do a um, research project using um, emotional freedom technique. Mm -hmm. No, maybe it was thought field therapy in any event. 
at, at a mental health agency and then discovering that the way that other, my colleagues were into, um, introducing it was that it was a um, experimental treatment. Well, who oh. wants to hop in for experimental treatment, right? Uh, <laughs> it yeah. feels a bit suspicious. So it wasn't as successful as I would have liked. The people that came and experienced it really benefited. Um, but as trying to get it to go throughout the clinic, I was unsuccessful. Um, and I, I, it's funny when you come back, one of the things that I learned, I guess, shortly after that point was that I was an intuitive because it never really mm. knew that. Okay. And so I had a couple of kind of weird experiences. Again, one sitting in a team meeting at a psychiatric hospital. This is where you're not supposed to feel kind of crazy. And I don't mean that in any disrespect to mental health issues. Right. So I'm sitting and the, the gentleman to my left is really angry about something. He's just come from something that's been terribly upsetting. Half of my body on my left side feels like it's draining through the ground. Oh. The person beside me on my right has just come out of a great group and is really energized. And the, ha the right half of my body feels like it's floating. And I'm sitting there going, oh my goodness, I think I'm losing it. And what I came to realize is in my very first therapeutic touch program, when I was uh, linked up with a partner to experience energy for the first time, I had to pull my hands back because I had this excruciating pain run up my arms to my shoulders. And I called our teacher over, Evelyn, what am I doing wrong? And she said, nothing, my dear. Do you want to tell her or shall I? My partner had chronic physical pain. And I am so grateful to this day. I have personally never experienced that depth of pain. Mm -hmm. um, and that was the moment when I realized I was just an intuitive and that I pick up things in my body. So I would have weird experiences like I'd walk in. I remember walking into the intake department and saying, who has the headache today? And uh -huh. describing the headache and, you know, going back, you know, saying, take care of yourself and walking out, going back to my office, only to have one of the intake workers run in five minutes later saying, that was really weird. How did you know that? <laughs> and then helping her a little bit with it to get rid of her headache. Okay. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. So it was back in the nineties, I had to be a lot more careful who I spoke to about it because there wasn't the openness there that there is in 2020. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's very, very true. Um, I remember just hearing about some of these things like EFT in the nineties and there are all sorts of healing modalities that I'm still learning about 25 years later. So now you, um, you mentioned that you've had the experience of listening to scary ghost stories as a girl and, and shutting off your intuition. Now, during that time, pre-1995, were you ever acutely aware that in fact you were an intuitive? I didn't know what it was, but I have a memory. One of my very first memories, I was about four years old and I mm. was being forced to have an afternoon nap <laughs> or had yeah. been put to bed at night. Now I can't remember that for sure. And I remember lying on the bed thinking, if I look out the window right now, I'll see fire. I'm thinking that's really weird. So I had to quietly crawl out of bed because it was an old bed and it made noise. And I looked out the window and the neighbor's house was on fire. Oh, wow. And yelling fire. And it was my, my dad who called the fire department. But unfortunately, we lived in the country. And by the time they responded, the house was um, burnt to the ground. 
Mm. Um, but I, I, I kind of just put that in a little bubble because I didn't have any explanation for it. I wasn't in a family where you could talk about stuff like that openly. There were other things going on that it just wasn't not, wasn't a safe environment for that. Mm, I see. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And then it it took several years then uh, until you had the experience of lifting the lid, so to speak, is what that uh, experience Mm -hmm. reminds me of, of your headache just flying out of the top of your head. So then now, now that you incorporate energy therapy into your own work, and it's become through your diligent study and and practice, a major part of your life experience, you, you work with the Akashic records. Uh, Would you tell us a little bit about that and what those are for listeners that may not be familiar with it um, and then how you use it? So um, the Akasha is a hall of records, and it's from Mm. multiple different traditions. There's uh, many, many different names for it. It's called the Hall of Light, the Hall of Records, um, Universal um, Consciousness. Mm -hmm. Um, There are many different traditions. And the analogy I use to help people understand it is imagine there is this supercomputer um, in the cloud, Right. That holds all of um, all of the experiences since the beginning of mankind. Mm-hmm. So all of the conversations that have happened, all the struggles, all the successes, and all possibility going forward. And so what I do is I take sort of each individual's energetic fingerprint when I'm doing a personal one-on-one reading, and I use that to... to um, find their door. So when I go into my own Akasha, what I see is this infinite hallway of doors. And so if I'm doing a reading for, so say I was doing a reading for you, Thomas, I would go, I would just find your door, open your door, and then I'm able to access that, that information for you. Okay. Yes. And, and then, so how do, how do you get the energetic footprint? Let's say um, you're working with me, for example, as, as a client, how do you access my energetic footprint? So originally, when I first started this in 2004, 2006, I had a prayer that I did okay. and I used mm-hmm. your legal name. Ah, and yes. so I've become just very clear that I actually don't need that step. Um, Mm -hmm. and so I just literally, I have you in my, and like, I'm only focusing on the client I'm doing the reading for, and I'm looking for that door. And I just intuitively know it's the right door. And in fact, I don't even think I physically open. I think I go to it and it opens. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then, then it opens and then there's the entire store of information as you've described it, like a supercomputer. Then um, Mm -hmm. how does, how does the person getting the reading benefit then from your opening that door? What's that process like? What do you do? So um, it really is um, individual how people benefit. So what I do is I have people pick five to 10 different questions that they want answered. During this experience. Mm -hmm. Sure. Um, And so we start out with their first question. And I've had people come to me because they're considering leaving their partner and considering divorce. I've had people say, you know, um, I'm really stuck, uh, wanting information about business and business colleagues and potential there and what was that like. 
Um, is it a good move going forward? Is it not a good move? Um, okay. Trying to get what's my path and what's my purpose? Sure. Okay. So yeah, mm -hmm. and someone would come to you then with a, a, a pressing life question, right, in, in any arena and get um, some some answers to that. What do, what do the answers uh, tend to look like? Is it a, a, is it predictive? Or is it a yes or no type? Um, sometimes I'm shocked by what comes up. Um, right. It's not it's not been completely uncommon for me to use a, a word that is not in my vocabulary and have to actually pull out the dictionary once I come out to go, okay. I don't even know oh. what that means. Like, let's, that's, that's let's cool. Google that baby. Um, All right. And other times it's really interesting. Like I had somebody um, come to me because she was getting a divorce and wanted to get a divorce. And um, the advice she was given was to um, bring it up with her partner around the successes they had had and to make this breakup a celebration of the relationship because mm. it was not in fact a breakup so much as it was a completeness and that okay. they had completed the work that they were meant to do. And so it wasn't a failure. And mm. so it was important to, to go forward with that sort of celebration and success and imagine if we did that around divorce and letting go of relationships, how much more magical it could be. Mm. Um, yeah. I had somebody recently who was an artist that I did a reading for, and um, I described a painting to her and I could see her painting this painting and they were talking about her getting more expressive. And she said, Sylvia, I just painted that painting and it's lying on my floor. All right. And I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. <laughs> you're on the right track, right? Um, and then she showed me the pic. Then she sent me a photo of the painting, and I it was just breathtaking. Okay. Um, I recently did a reading for a medium who's really stuck on getting the word out and and mm -hmm. having people know that. She, and I mean, I can tell there's a like an incredible skill set. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so we talked about what was getting in the way of that and sort of um, the mound of work personal work she needs to do sure to get okay. through that so that so that she can be seen and people will feel that energy and be drawn to her okay um so it's very um somebody else asked me about a business deal opportunity sure. and um and it wasn't a solid one the person wasn't that they were considering getting into business with wasn't as they represented themselves no, i see Okay. Yeah, so it, mm -hmm. it can be a thousand different. I never know where I'm going when I start a reading. Okay. Yeah. Well, this so it's very, uh, well, it's very broad. And people, it sounds like a, a way that people can get uh, all kinds of answers. That um, I love mm -hmm. that, uh, that you said it's sometimes shocking. Yeah, one never knows. Now, what a word that you also use is one of my favorite words. And that's exponential. So in your bio, you refer to results becoming exponential with a client, for example, when you add energy therapy into the mix. So yeah, how, how does it become how does it become exponential? So the way that I'm working these days is we start with an Akashic reading. Okay. And then uh -huh. we do energy, what I'm calling energy psychotherapy. And the reason that we do that is we go into the Akasha, we can get bypass your subconscious or your, sorry, your conscious mind 
into what's underneath yeah. because how many of us have blocks and we go, I like, I'm always doing this. I have thought it through. I've gone to therapy. I've tried to work through it. I know that I have this, but I can't fix it. Like I can't get over it. So right. let's just stop the human experience and mm -hmm. go to a higher realm. Right. Yeah. And, and get some answers. Mm -hmm. And so then from the, from session one, when we're working together, um, we're not just doing talk therapy, which I think kind of rearranges the dots. We're going into the dots yeah. and we're releasing them. And so it's it's not uncommon from the very first session for clients to have a major aha moment or a major breakthrough. And I'm seeing trauma survivors for about four months, not two, three years of therapy. Okay, okay. Right, and, and they're walking away feeling empowered, feeling um, free and, you know, setting boundaries in a way that mm. they've never set before. Uh, like there's yes. this beautiful sense of freedom that they're experiencing in their lives and how they express themselves. Like they're standing up for themselves. They're speaking up in a way that they've never been able to before. Okay. Well, that's, that's really huge because that's something that uh, I think a lot of people can relate to. All of us really is, we're all finding a, a way to set healthy boundaries and some some of us um, really struggle with that mm -hmm. so that's that's really I'm glad that you mentioned that as one mm -hmm. of the outcomes for somebody yeah and, and that is indeed exponential again that's a, that's a word that I love and I love that you start with an akashic reading and then you take it from there and bypassing the conscious mind all right I love that because people that are out there listening who have undergone talk therapy, um, you know, uh, which could be any number of different forms, right, for any length of time, I think that people will relate to that as rearranging the dots rather than eliminating the dots. So, how else do you work with people to wipe the dots off the map? I spend a great deal of time helping them connect into the energy. So if you come mm. to me, let me just try and pick an example. Yeah, um, great. And you're really stuck around your purpose, let's say, in your okay. business. Sure. And, um, and so we st I start to talk about, I explore with you using my traditional talk therapy skills, you know, mm -hmm. I, I'm a very good listener, I deep listen. Um, and I listen many in three formats. So I listen with my ears, I listen with my body, which is one of my intuitive tools. And I listen for my guides to pipe, pipe in and help us along the path mm -hmm. as well. Um, and so I'll help them connect into their bodies, where that issue is, and help okay. them get in touch with themselves in a way that they can start to discover on their own what's going on. Um, mm. And then we go deep into that energy till we find the root cause of it. Okay. So whether it's this lifetime, age, whatever. Um, and I try what I do, one of my clients this week said that I completed with said, what I really loved about you is when I worked with a coach, if I didn't have the answer, I felt stupid. And when I worked with you, if yeah. I didn't have the answer, you would help me find it or you would offer me a possibility. Okay. And so I never felt stupid in our work together. Um, and interestingly enough that she um, is a, an engineer by training. So oh yeah. To have her have that experience was quite a radical mm -hmm. shift for her. 
um, in trusting herself and getting in touch with her body. Oh, good. Very powerful. Okay. Well, this is great for those of you out there listening. If you're an engineer or some other similar profession, this is for everybody. Um, as you know, because you're listening to the show. So I know some of you are curious, <laughs> for sure. So Sylvia, this is very, very interesting that uh, that you just go to the root cause um, of, of of somebody's of somebody's blockage, right? Whatever that mm -hmm. is, and you know, knowing that that could be many lifetimes in the past, and uh, it's it's very, very, um, very interesting and very cool. Now, you also mentioned in your bio that you recently went to Machu Picchu, and this is something that I know our listeners are going to want to hear about, and that it brought you back to your roots. Okay. So um, people say, why did you go to Machu Picchu? So maybe mm -hmm. we'll start there. Let's do that. I had, okay. I had gone for my 30th wedding anniversary with my husband to Ireland, which was my number one bucket list place that I always All wanted right. to travel to. Cool. And as I'm flying home, I just know Machu Picchu is the next place. Now, imagine it's on my list. I haven't researched it. I really, I've seen pictures of Machu Picchu. But I, it's not like I've looked at it and thought, oh, that's the most amazing place on earth. I've got to get me there. And uh, so I'm, I'm like, okay, that's my next place. So I was talking to a friend about it and she's like, well, I want to go. And, um, and then I was like looking at, um, I had had a, a difficult year in business and uh, I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to afford this, where the money's going to come from and she's like well you better get it together because if you don't get it together I'm going without you and I'm competitive by nature so I was like that's not acceptable it's not happening. I'm going all right. <laughs> all right so I went from that meeting and to a travel agent and started to research Machu Picchu and I'm like okay I'm gonna go and uh, fast forward a number of months and we met last January I think it was and we researched flights and went, okay, that's affordable. So we booked our flights, but that's all we did. And then we did more research and we booked our, eventually booked our, the five-day trek. Now imagine this, I am not a, um, a physically fit person. Oh, and okay. at that mm -hmm. point, I'm 55 years old. Mm. Okay. All and right. I decide I'm going to do this. And, and I rationalized to myself they're going to have to give us time where we can lie down in the afternoon and just relax mm -hmm. so that we have the energy to do all this hiking. Like if we're hiking up and down the mountains, 22 kilometers in a day, they're going to have to do this. But part of me knew I'd better do some um, training. So around January, I started to do, see a personal trainer, thank goodness, and started to train for this exam. Yeah. Um, <laughs> as we got closer, the money showed up. Um, and, uh, and I just was, okay, we're going mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and people would say to me, well, this is going to be a life altering trip. And I'm like, I don't know about that. Like, yeah, whatever. Mm -hmm. And I was almost a little irritated that they would be so bold as to suggest that this was going to be some big thing. And, okay. uh, oh my goodness. So we show up in Peru, um, and, at that point, I'm having some, uh, uh, not seasickness, what is it, um, from the 
elevation Altitude challenges. Sickness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, you and um, so I can either eat or I can breathe, mm-hmm. which I thought was kind of crazy too, but apparently they're both parasympathetic nervous oh. system things. So I was like, Oh, okay. That makes sense now. <laughs> and, um, and so we start out, then we meet the group that we're going to go with because we're hiking with a group of 12. Okay. Mm-hmm. Eight of them are 20 somethings. Oh, yeah, yeah. It is yeah. a fiddle. And mm-hmm. then there's me and my, and my um, friend who is not as fit as I and hasn't done as much work to get ready. And then there were two um, hikers from Brazil that had hiked many different mountains and very, very fit as well. So I'm like, oh no, how's this going to work? Mm-hmm. And um, so I, at, I think it was three o'clock in the morning. We had to be up for the first day to get picked up by the van. Okay. And they drove mm-hmm. us partway up the mountain to the beginning spot. And then off we go to hike. Well, we're with a group of 20 something fit people. So by the time that I catch up to them at the resting spot, I've got like five minutes to eat my lunch and get going because, and there are no resting beds that I had created that fantasy. (laughs) So I tell you, it challenged me to the bottom of my soul, okay, physically, emotionally, spiritually, because there were moments when I was like, I just can't take one more step. Mm-hmm. I just don't have it in me. How am I getting there? And knowing that I had on that particular day, at least a two hour hike to get to camp. And there wasn't an option. It wasn't like, you know, you could, you know, thumb a ride because mm-hmm. nobody was going to backpack you. Um, right. And, uh, and all of a sudden, as I'm just, I'm in this moment of deep, deep doubt, mm-hmm. I hear my guides say, just take one more step Mm -hmm. and so i started just saying to myself one more step one more step one more step and that particular day it was coming down the mountain which is much more challenging yeah yeah. (laughs) and i had no idea and i had already fallen three times oh okay so i was walking pretty much with the gait of an 80 year old woman Mm. something had gotten knocked where it shouldn't have gotten knocked and um and so as i stumbled into camp that night i was like i made it yeah and i was and um and then my um friend came who i was sharing room with or in that case a little wooden structure with no lights Mm -hmm. and um and she was in worse shape than I was oh, um, I emotionally. And what, what happened for her reaction, I get verbal when I'm overwhelmed mm-hmm. and I've got to tell everybody how overwhelmed I am and how blah, 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 and da, 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 right. Oh, yeah. And she went within and got quiet and cried. And um, I would offer help and she wouldn't want it. And then I would be pressured by the other people on the track to help her. And, you know, and what I got at a deep soul level is it's not my responsibility to help anybody in this universe. Okay. Right. It's for me to show up. And even when I'm working with clients, it's not my responsibility to make them well. Okay. I'll give them a hundred percent when we're with me in the office, 
And if they don't do their part of the work and they stay stuck, that's unfortunate, but mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that I have failed. And okay. so those two pieces of knowing that when I'm down and out and think I'm done, I probably have another 40% in my battery that I never knew that I had. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the fact that I don't have to be responsible for anybody, I think were the two pieces added together that ended me up back in doing therapy and energy therapy with people. Okay. Okay. And remind us again, when you went to Machu Picchu, how long ago? It was September, 2019 to okay. October, 2019. All right. So a year ago. Now, how would you describe your life being different as a result of that? This has been a little <laughs> over a year now. Yeah. So I'll tell you that the week after I returned home, I slept, I'd be in my armchair and I'd have passed out and I'd wake up and my husband would say, did you have a good nap? You were out for about two hours. And I was like, okay, that's what I need. And when I came home, I was just wide open to my guides. I was getting messages very, very clearly, um, more so than I ever had. It was okay. just amplified, I think is the right word. And I then I had gotten the messages that I needed to stop trying to force my business to work so hard because when I work really, really hard, I constrict the energy and prevent the flow. And I thought, okay. And so yeah. the, the next Wednesday morning I woke up and I thought, I don't feel like working today. And I thought, well, I'm not gonna work. And I was watching TV and I was playing on my tablet and um, I was thinking about this woman who I'd been in a course with who does psychic readings. And okay. I was thinking, what's her name again? And I'm playing away. And within five minutes of the question, her, her messenger bubble pops up on my screen. Mm -hmm. She's mm -hmm. not messengering me. I have not messengered her. Okay. And it just shows up and I'm like, yeah. okay. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I text her and I'm like, are you the one that does readings? Yes, I am. How much do you charge and when can you do it? 5.30 that afternoon, I had a reading with her. About three minutes into the reading, she says, I feel like you're supposed to get your social work back and do energy therapy again. And I'm like, uh-uh. No. She says, no. yeah, you're <laughs> supposed to come back and work with abuse, sexual abuse survivors so that, mm. um, and, and teach like social work, how to work differently with these people. Okay. And oh, I yeah. said, no way. I've done that before. I've been there, done that. I closed that down in 2010. I'm not going back. I was so resistant. Not sure. Yeah. <clears throat> and then, and then I said, well, what about Akashic readings? And every cell in my body said, yes. Every cell in her body said, yes. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, okay, I'll do Akashic reading. Okay. And she said, no, you're, you're to get your registration back. And I'm like, oh, I don't know about that. Hmm. So next morning, I I sit down and I look at my phone for my email messages. And isn't there a message from a, uh, one of my private clients from 10 years before saying, Sylvia, I don't think I ever thanked you enough for your wisdom, your healing and your expertise and how you shifted my life. And I was hmm. like, oh, man, I am supposed to go back. I okay. went out to a community event that afternoon and this guy, one of the executive directors of a community agency says, you have to come see our new office. We've got office space for rent. I'm like, uh, oh, I guess I'm going to need an office. Yes. So 
for two weeks, I had these kinds of messages every single day, including I went, I went out for coffee and somebody said, oh, there's an office downtown. And I'm thinking, that's not my office. There's no parking there. I want it to be really functional and easy for my clients. And um, my guide said, go look at the office. I'm like, okay, I'll go. But I'm wasting, and I'm arguing with my guy. I'm wasting my time. I'm wasting this lady's time. Just go. So mm -hmm. I go and look at it. As I'm on my way in, I see a, a colleague's office. And I think, oh, that's interesting. She's in this building. I see the place. I know it's not right. I tell them right away. I go out and I drop into the colleague's office and she's actually not with a client. She's, oh, you need to talk to so-and-so out at Ignatius College. So I, I make that call. And I'm going to go one day to see it. And I, that's the day I see my massage therapist. She says, I see your office. You're looking at, you have a big window and one corner's cut off. And uh, I, you're looking at a red brick wall. And mm. so we both know the building. We pull out our phones and there's no red brick wall. I'm like, I'd call that brown, wouldn't you? And yep, yep. Out I go and I see the room and it's room 333. And I'm like, that's my office. I'm not even in the office yet. Okay. Walk yeah. in, look hmm. out the window and there's the red brick wall. All right. So it was like, it was like, I kind of just had to give up and just follow the, the crumbs. No. And, um, and here I am. And what's really, really wonderful is I am filled with joy working with my clients great yeah and so there's nothing i'd rather be doing that's great that's great to hear and it's quite a story so after machu picchu it has become a completely different experience for you all right mm -hmm. this is this and uh, this is beautiful in room 333 yes. no less Perfect. Yeah. So Sylvia, if someone were to want to get an Akashic reading from you or do some further work with you, how would they reach you and how would they find out more information? So for more information, they can go to my website, www.onpurposetransformations.ca. Okay. Um, they can reach me at Canadian number 519-822-3776 or email me at Sylvia, S-Y-L-V-I-A at onpurposetransformations.ca. Okay, this is great. So thank you then. And just to, to repeat here, the website is onpurposetransformations, uh, plural. The first time I tried to email you, I left the S off there. And I think that's why it didn't go through. So onpurposetransformations.ca and Sylvia at onpurposetransformations.ca is the email address and the phone number then is from Canada. So if you're dialing internationally, it's plus one five one nine zero two two three seven seven six. And this is how you can reach five one nine. Sorry. It's 519-822-3776. All right. Well, thank you for, uh, for correcting me on that. So let's, let's say that again. Um, 519-822-3776 and the country code plus one for Canada. All right. So do you work with people virtually? I, I know that you have a physical office where you can see people that live in your area. Do you work with virtually as well? 
Yes. Um, so this year, just with the COVID and everything, there's been times when we've been in lockdown, but people needed to see me. And mm -hmm. in fact, mm -hmm. one client um, never, we had never met one another physically in person until ah. our very last session when okay. the restrictions were lifted. Mm. Um, so one of the cool things that I can offer, even if you are a local client, is you can either see me physically in my office or you can see me using Zoom. And I have okay. all the precautions in place for that. So perfect um, to make sure it's safe and secure and confidential. Okay. Yeah. Wonderful. And, and, you know, it's really, really interesting. I think that will be to a lot of our listeners that you start with the Akashic reading. And I think that's, that's going to hopefully intrigue a lot of people. So Sylvia, I've learned a great deal. And I, I really thank you for joining me here today. This has been a pleasure to hear your story of transformation. And before we wrap up the show here today, what else would you like to say to our listeners? Um, I would say when, when you feel like you can't take one more step, look within and see what you have inside you because we have so much more power and strength than we think possible in a moment. Don't give up. Okay, I love that. Yes, see what you have inside you and don't give up. Because whether you are hiking 22 kilometers, so for uh, those listeners in the States, that's 12 to 13 miles, that's a lot. Uh, it's a lot on a flat terrain, much less at altitude, in Peru. All right. So it may not be that, but it might be something else. I think people mm -hmm. often have far more reserves, right? Far more energy and stamina than they give themselves credit for. So you, you're a prime example of tapping into that and digging and, and going deep. So I really thank you for sharing that with our audience today. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure to share my story. This has been a pleasure. This has been Decide to Transform with Sylvia Plester-Silk from Guelph, Ontario. And you can reach her one more time at onpurposetransformations.ca. It's Sylvia, S-Y-L-V-I-A at onpurposetransformations.ca. So wherever you are joining us all over the world, thank you again for listening. This has been a real pleasure and everyone have a great rest of your day.